Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Joel Sked. What up? What up, dog? And Gary Cocker. Good evening. Good evening to you, Gary. So while you're here, Gary. Yeah. Dundee. I think you'll find it's Dundee County these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's going to be Dundee United as well because you're going to merge the we'll, two clubs. We'll get on to that. And you're going to, you're going to do the whole Wallace Mercer plan. You're going to take the Dundee United from one club and the football club from the other and just merge those names. Oh, you're rustling my jimmies. <laughs> I am not happy about it. Uh, yeah, let's get to your signing policy first, yeah. which is basically sign a bunch of players who've been relegated recently in the Scottish top flight. We seem to have replaced Scout with just the Wikipedia page for Ross County squad 2015-16. Um, yep, Dundee have signed the one, two, three players so far. So we've got Craig Kern. From United mm-hmm. Optimistically He could be like Tommy Coyne Non-optimistically He could just be Shit um, <laughs> Non-optimistically He could be like Craig Cumbie yeah. <laughs> um, A he, non-goal-scoring striker Yeah I, I checked his record He's played 12 full seasons Of senior football And he has not Reached double digits once I think he scored <laughs> Nine one season um, Prolific Steady though So yeah We've signed Craig Curran From United We signed Andrew Davis today um, There was a story In the Ethan Tilly That he was going to be Given a chance To prove his fitness um, And at about 10.45 this morning He was Handed out a contract so. 18 month deal so. It's an 18 month deal um, I'm assuming There's a relegation Release clause in there 
Um, and the theory would be that, you know, give him 18 months and in that way he actually gives a shit if we get relegated. There should also be a release clause that if he runs like he's slower than a toddler oh. with one leg, then he should be automatically... It looks like he's dragging a shit behind him when he's... And that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Didn't there, wasn't there one incident uh, where... Um, Connor Salmon ran past him and well, Salmon. Salmon, but Salmon was made to look like the roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think that's one with the famous picture where it looks like Davis is smiling while he's being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just because he's probably just yeah. It's just because of his magnificent set of teeth. Yeah. Um, so we've signed him on an 18 month deal, which is a great deal for a 34 year old defender with a history of big injury issues. And who apologised uh, to Hartlepool for. Being shit, basically. Um, Is that National League Hartlepool? Yes, National League Hartlepool. And speaking of National League, oh oh no, sorry, it's League Two. Um, We signed a goalkeeper today, which was really unexpected. He's on loan, which was my first sort of danger, danger sign. On loan from QPR. He had been at Stevenage. Uh, He has scored a goal for Whitehawk, oddly. Uh, Seri Dieng. Um, I've not had a chance to look at any highlights, but one of my friends has and says, Oh dear God. I was going to say, don't look at any highlights. No. Don't look at any highlights. No. Um, Great idea. He's on Jack Allen. He is six foot four, though, so I don't know if the plan is just to have him stand as widely as he can in the goal. You also have two goalkeepers and none of them are injured. Yeah. I think it's just that McIntyre clearly doesn't rate any of uh, Neil McCann's signings, which you can't really believe. Do you think it was. it was a kind of he was just feeling down because he missed out on Kenny, uh, Kenny Van der Weg, and so he just felt right. Just sign anyone, anyone, anyone to make me feel a leg better. for an arm, an arm <laughs> for a leg. Speaking, speaking of uh, Ross County, who re-signed Van der Weg, um, it's it's a real shame that they didn't fully commit to the part by allowing you guys to sign and pay money for Michael Gardine to return the, to the Premier League. The talk on the street is that Gardine does not want to sign for us under any circumstances. <laughs> and told them to reject a bit. Uh, we tried to sign him in the summer when he was a free agent as well, and he wasn't having any of it. So he cannot be dragged kicking and screaming. My to word, man. You, you dodged a bullet because he's not a Premiership player. No. These signs. And he's weird. Yep. <laughs> we also signed Martin Woods as well, which is great. That's oh, three, or, that, three yeah. or four signers on the McIntyre. I mean, guys who. Um, was Woods gone when County got relegated? Um, no, because then he get relegated by County and then he got relegated by Thistle. No, because Cowney uh, went, no, went down the same season. So he can't do that. It's impossible. <laughs> he may, oh, play for course, both, may, may play for both in the season. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, they're not that good. No, they're really not. Had they signed? Had they all signed for like? Had they all signed for like Dundee United? I'd be like, oh, don't know about that. I don't think that's good enough. They might not even be good enough for the championship. But it's fine. I'll keep you out of the relegation battle. Somehow, somehow, somehow we'll just end up being wrong about this because that's what always happens. Falkirk made a better a better signing than Dundee that involved Ross County and then Davis Keeler done. Yeah. Like if Dundee signed him, it's like, oh that's 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 quite good. Yeah, they could use a wide yeah. wide player. Especially He's left winger. Promising. Uh but no, we won't do that. And we have sent Lewis Spence the other way, basically. Uh, I mean, he signed for Ross County. It I mean that's not good for Ross County, no, it's, it's good not. for Dundee. Yeah. It might be alright at Ross County. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't seem. He's one of these players who doesn't really <laughs> offer anything. You know how usually you could be very negative and say, but at least he's got pace, or at least he's you know hard working or whatever. He's just there. There's there's nothing to uh, wet the appetite and get the juices flowing quite like a player. You think yeah, it'll be all right? Yeah. Um, at least we are not St Mirren, who seems to just be releasing everybody or losing everybody. Um, I think they've just lost Cammy Smith to United. 
uh, Adam Hamill's gone as well. Alfie Jones has gone. Ryan Edwards. Ryan Edwards. Anton Ferdinand. Is, no, he's still there. Is he still there? If transfer markets to be believed, their squad is down to after the couple of I think seventeen now. So they need to do some serious business. Yeah, and they've only got eight days. No, yeah. Pretty much nine days to the no, Scottish Cup. They can forget about the Scottish Cup. <laughs> they can forget. About it's that. not like the midweek after though. So it's only like oh yeah, it was a midweek. I forgot about the midweek. So it's only like twelve days. They got oh. literally signed like about eight players or something. And Hamilton have lost. I'm just keeping track of St Mirren and Hamilton as much as I'm Dundee. Uh, Hamilton have lost. <laughs> Which makes a change from United. Uh, Frederick Brustad. Oh yeah, he's been recalled. Yeah, presumably because it looked <laughs> looked at like Aki's squads. It was like so. No, presumably it looked at the squads and was like, so he's not getting a game ahead of checks notes. Rakish Bingham. Yeah, let's just have him back. He's, this is clearly working out for nobody. Right. Uh, sorry, I was actually going to move on, but no. Before then, um, you, your owner's going to manage your club with Dundee United, and you're going to forever be out of existence. How does that make you feel, Gary? That's <laughs> okay. I've been a lucky heart man all my life. Um, no, it's not great. Um, <laughs> so FPS, which is the holding company, whatever you want to call it, the consortium that owns Dundee or owns two-thirds of Dundee, want to own 75% or more of Dundee. The reason for that being, or the reason that they're giving, is that it will mean basically that the support society, which owns just enough of the shares to stop them having that 75%, um, it would stop the supporters vetoing um, stadium moves, um, changes to the club name or club badge or club colours, um, stadium shares, mergers, things like that. It's called entrenched rights. Um, and basically, the Sports Society has written to members of the Sports Society to say, so the options are either that we um, don't sell to them, that we sell to them but they promise to be nice about it and you know, not dare to merge us or anything like that, um, or the uh, FPS just decide to do a whole new share issue, which will take them above seventy-five percent anyway. So it's not great options. Okay. Basically, do you want to be pushed off a cliff or pushed out of a car? Well, a car, obviously. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but when it's Dundee United, you're getting pushed out of the car <laughs> and off a cliff. <laughs> and into administration number three. <laughs> so, it... so if you're administration number three, would be better than a merger? It would be, it'd be you've, more entertaining. Um, more entertaining, and you've been down that road. Uh, yeah, you used to. Completely, completely you know twice. What? We've got our bucket rattled down to a <laughs> team. We really know how to do that. Um, but no, it's not, been, uh, uh, it's not been a great transfer window so far, but at least Dundee are bringing in players and we're getting ready for the shit fest. I, I generally can't remember the last time uh, in my lifetime that Dundee were in a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can I. But there's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. And that'll never happen to Dundee. Yeah, For all well, the wrong reasons. St Johnson fans would definitely agree with you, especially ones that listen to this podcast. St Johnson fans. There's, there was, um, there's a St Johnson fan on the Pie and Bovril forum who contributes about 80% of all the new posts to the uh, Pie and Bovril Dundee thread. Um, and he actually went and looked up, when we signed Andrew Davis, he went and looked up how many full 90 minutes Andrew Davis have played in the last year how many how many 12 <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's 18 months actually the last 18 months for last a season a, for a centre back that's not good no <laughs> is there any chance you're getting Jack Kendry back Rogers, I mean, Rogers has said he needs to go out alone yeah. but Rogers also said he needs to go out uh, and play at a high level 
I mean, I know Dundee are the same level as Celtic, but in terms of quality. Technically. Um, I mean, <laughs> you should play at high level, they should play with the high, high level. level. I mean, all the rumours were that the reason Calvin Miller was going back, he was decent, I think, towards the end of his loan spell with us, he looked a little bit uh, weary, a wee bit lethargic, he wasn't tracking back as much as he was to begin with, which seemed to be annoying McIntyre, but the thought was, well, we'll be getting someone else from Celtic in on loan, but it doesn't work like that. Um, and it seems to be the case that Hendry's wanted by a few Championship and League One teams. So I don't think we'll get him. I don't think we'll get anybody. The big hope is that Rangers might send us somebody. Don't well, know who. Um, <laughs> I'm very terrified. Zach Rudden. Zach Rudden. Um, people thought that Ryan Hardy might come back to Dundee, but he's going to go back to live in Back? State, so. When was he there before? I don't know why I said back. <laughs> I'm t- <laughs> Just delirious. <laughs> um, speaking of Hendry, I had a kind of look earlier thinking, well, where could he... So maybe we're going to write something on it, I still might do, but kind of looked at clubs he could go to. All I could really pick out was Dundee, St Mirren and Hibs. Hibs, yeah, I was going to say Hibs. Everybody mm. else was like... Mm. I, mean, no, well, I was going to say Aberdeen, but Celta will give him Aberdeen if... Well, they might have given Christie, uh, but, no, but they, just they'd the want him to play, and he wouldn't get a game ahead of Mikey Devlin or Scott McKenna at this point. Devlin, I thought Devlin was still injured. Yeah, but I don't think he's out forever. He'll be up and back, and he'll be up in that space. Um, I'm not even entirely sure whether in current form, in fact, definitely not in current form, but even overall, it's a doubt whether Jack Henry would be a better option than Andy Considine. It's a but then Aberdeen might have to play my left back. Aberdeen's an interesting one, actually. I might write them down. Uh, Rangers still in for a centre back. <laughs> I mean, still thinking could just uh, to stabilise them. <laughs> just play your natural game. <laughs> play that game you played against uh, Partick Thistle when you had the big glitch. <laughs> just do that. But ninety minutes every game, please. Uh, especially in league duty. Right, let's uh, go from Dundee to actually let's. Let's, not, let's stay on teams now, actually. Cool. So let's go to Hibs. Uh, Hibs are... <laughs> I think we, were, we originally planned this because we thought, right, they would, they would definitely have signed Ryan Gold by now, and then that could be news. So we won't just basically say the same as the guy said on Tuesday's podcast. But they've not signed them yet. No. Uh, but we can at least kind of have a look at Gold, because they've only kind of fleetingly mentioned Gold, uh, I, and, and how he'll, how he'll fit into the Hibs team. I, I kind of want you to talk more generally about Hibs and oh, why, it's, why it's been such a... Fine. Fucking have a year away. I thought that was the plan all along. Okay, you did. Can uh, you just talk about them more generally and look at. I like Lennon, but he and George Craig, the director of football, um, well, football operations, but if it's effectively director of football, how recruitment wise, they've not done a good job. You look at it, they. So at the time, when at the time in the summer, you looked at the recruitment. Start of the season well, and what what they did in the transfer market was was, was pretty impressive. They brought back Camberry and McLaren, who scored seventeen goals between them in the second half of last season. F- fans were ecstatic with that. Malin, uh, Martin, and then they they signed a lot of international players as well. But it's it's just not worked. And when people ask what the problem is with um, Hibs at the moment, it's often it's like they've lost McGeoch. These answers they lost McGeoch, Allen, and. Um, McGinn and replaced them with effectively Hyman, kind of Horgan, Malin, Milligan, uh, and moved Stephen Worker in a midfield position at times. <laughs> the 
I saw I saw some people talking about it on on Twitter, and they wanted to just in terms of the strike, uh, and then the effect that the midfield has had on the strikers. So why Camberry and McLaren, who I think scored five league goals between them um, so far this season, that's like I said seventeen last season. So I looked at this seventeen goals. I kind of looked why they've been scoring less, and I had a feel like well there was there was talk that that was because Allen wasn't there, but. Out of the 17 goals they scored last season in the league, three of them were penalties, and only one was directed, uh, assisted directly by Allen. But I think the, the key issue is, obviously, the, the, the midfield as, as a whole, but Hibs are not playing They're not playing with the same tempo, they're not as direct, as, they were really direct, uh, but in a good way. Uh, last season they were probably the best counter-attacking team in the second half of last campaign, and they got so many players into four positions, the amount of times, the amount of different players who assisted a Camberry goal or a, um, a McLaren goal, I think uh, Hallen had two or three, and that was he was playing left centre-back. That's not been the same, uh, not, not been the same this season. Again, it comes down to uh, injuries. Not, Lennon's had a hard time putting together his best 11. I don't think he knows his best 11 and it's not helped because so many players have been injured and it goes back to recruitment Camberry's, Camberry was signed and had a knee problem McLaren has had his injuries issues Agupong yeah, not, just, just he, not been seen he's uh, the latest Man City loanee to come up to Scotland and apparently just be addicted to being injured yeah uh, and so they've not replaced Brandon Barker Martin Boyle's now out injured and they've had to because Camberry and McLaren's issues the depth striker wise has not been good Ollie Shaw is there's something there mm-hmm. but at the moment he's I'm not to be fair I'm not sold on McLaren I don't I think McLaren is a striker uh, for example Camberry's got a lot of stick especially from the, um, the the management team but he contributes even when he's not playing well he still contributes despite what Lennon may, may say McLaren he needs he needs a, not just a partner but he needs a lot of players behind him he needs a lot of uh, players creating chances from uh, crosses coming at the box so uh, but then his injuries has brought brought Boyle into the centre of the pitch and then they've just not had the same width there's just it's just been there's been a lot of problems and the fact that Lennon's mentioned that it's I think Ambrose is the only one who's play, uh, who played every single game who was the only one available then Lennon's came out and criticised and he's, he doesn't he's not one to take take a lot any blame go back to the Killy game when um, they lined up with seven players who could play uh, could play in a defensive <laughs> position it was it was it was absolute sh- uh, sham- uh, it was absolute shambles the, the but only a few weeks earlier they'd beaten Hamilton six 0 and it looked really good Hyman was really good um, the, the midfield looked like it really clicked and balanced with Milligan at the base Milligan's Hibs' career so far has probably been summed up by Greg Stewart sucking the soul out of him when he twisted him uh, out at Rugby Park. It's, it's at that point, he, he like, it's almost like he was like, I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> he just kind of exhaled and thought, done, I'm done. Put it off for this, I need a new career. So, so they need, I think they do need... They need a lot. They need a lot. But I do think that a Scott Allen, a Scott Allen, or a Scott Allen type would help. You, you'd point out last year there's only one goal directly assisted by Allen for those two strikers. But I think it's about more than that. I think. You need, oh, definitely. I think we noticed that when Heinemann actually played well, that um, Camberry especially looked good because a lot of people were saying that McLaren was a player that missed Allen the most. And yeah, that's probably right because McLaren uh, loves running on through balls and Scott Allen plays through balls all the time, especially the reverse ones. Um, 
But Camberry noticed as well, kind of needed that somebody to link with. Uh, and without that player playing in the number 10 spot and doing it efficiently, he wasn't as effective. And he was effective when Heinemann was playing well. Yeah, it's because... But that, that was only kind of in fits and spots. Yeah, so uh, again, Heinemann's a, a, a quality player, but he very, really dominated the game like Alan would. And the f- I completely agree with that in terms of Okay, maybe Hyman and Allen are not weren't constantly playing um, through balls or making assists, but they were getting into positions in the final third to hold the ball and then bring others into play. So Hibs got up the pitch, uh, got more players up the pitch and higher, and it kind of pressed teams in. So there was there was those bodies around for Camberry to play off, and balls were going at the box for McLaren to feed off. In terms of what they need in the the January, like they need they did uh, Lennon and George Craig did fantastic last January. But last year you had a foundation to yeah. build on, didn't it? Because it had, it had two of that three great mid, midfield that they ended up with. It had... The defence was fine. They didn't need to do anything to that. It had the pieces out wide with Boyle in, in good form and kind of playing. Um, they had Gray's problem and the Whitaker was still poor. But Boyle not being there now means that's another position they have to fill. And they pretty much have to fill... They'd have to fill three midfield spots. So they need a centre-back. Yeah, Ambrose away and need um, Hanlon and McGregor are not being reliable as he's in terms of fitness. Uh, and then Porteous, there's a lot of responsibility on Porteous in that fact. They need a definitely the right back. Mavias has gone. Um, Gray against fitness issues, boil out for the season, so you can't play him as a wing back. And then you're relying on worker. Then yeah, certain, you need at least one centre midfielder. I would say two. Because you got Gold. He can. I think Gold can. He's played deeper. When he's went to Portugal, so he can yeah, yeah. McGee kind of play. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that as well. Alan, then you need a winger, at least one winger, uh, potentially two, because Aggie Pong's. So basically, you've lost uh, Barker and Boyle from last and season. You need a fourth striker, and, and that's only if McLaren said, doesn't leave, which has been rumoured heavily. Lennon said they want, yeah, exactly. Lennon said they want at least two strikers. So you're looking one, two, three, four, five, six, eight players in January, <laughs> and it, it really works it well halfway no. through a season. And looking further ahead as well, there's only three of their players that are out of contract in the summer. So it's Gray, McGregor and Bartley are out of contract. Obviously there's a few loans ending with McLaren, Pong, and Bogdan as well. But the uh, what I thought was quite telling stats or earlier is that Hibs have gone from being, I think it's the most fouled team in the league, to being mm-hmm. the least fouled team. It was a company with a picture of John McGinn giving a big thumbs up. This massive arse isn't getting kicked all over the middle of the park. That's really interesting but, that. It shows you that they've just gone from being a team that Opponent that kind of made opponents nervy and had to dive in and, and yeah. wanted to kind of stop the team that just like, well, let's me just stand off this guy and see what he does. Yeah. But again, that feeds into the, the midfields. I'm, I reckon that the vast majority of those fouls were committed on midfielders because you look mm-hmm. at the way Alan holds a ball and. Um, and McGinn's ability to win fouls. McGinn's ability to win fouls was something else. Yes, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was poetry, it was beautiful. <laughs> but in terms of going forward, there also has to be a concern that. Lennon has lost the buy-in of the players. Like it's, Porsches has came out and said, players have came out and said they haven't. But that's that's natural that players uh, do that. But he's continuing his blame game, mm. and then he just stopped talking to the media completely. And Gary Parker came out and then continued to blame. Uh, for, uh, it was a space again. A couple of weeks was to Johnson game. He came out and said that was the worst ever home performance of our tenure and then three weeks later uh, Kamarnik was the worst ever performance <laughs> of our tenure it's uh, it was, it's just so weird if you go back to middle October they beat sick, uh, beating Hamilton 6-0 sitting, I mean, sitting second in the league uh, behind league leaders hearts at the time and since then it's just just gone off like kind of jumped out of the car and gone off the cliff at you <laughs> 
jumped to the car, rolled and fallen off a cliff. Yeah. This is an incredibly busy and resilient car. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be the name of the show, isn't it? Something to remind me of that later. Um, so, God, so, yeah, do you think God will play as the deeper playmaker or do you think he'll play as the number 10? Having I'll, not seen him in like four and a half years. I mean, just, just, from what I've, just from what I've read and um, heard is that he's, he's, he's played as a number 10. He's been, um, sorry, he's played as a number 8 in Portugal. Right. So he seems natural to take over that position because Malin was brought in and they, they've tried to reinvent him as a... Number eight or a kind of McGinn type. Can I, can I just say, I really want to see, just uh, one half will do it. I really want to see uh, Scott Allen, Ryan Gold, and Stevie Mallon midfield three. <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> when they get the ball, it would be brilliant. But they would spend the, they like, the, the other 44 minutes chasing <laughs> after it. <laughs> I mean, but you look back at last year, McGinn, McGeoch, and Allen, you would have thought. Doesn't really work because there's not that there's not a base player, sitting player. Yeah. Uh, again, but, but you have you somebody get, that can do everything like John McGinn that, that kind of holds, and, that glues it together. Yeah, the box to box, the dynamism of him, and also the fact that McGeeup was just for that second half last season, or last season as a whole, was so intelligent the way he read the game. Yeah, he could just he could really dominate. Yeah, games. he could control. Yeah, like it's, it's mental. Uh, Lennon said that Stevie Mallon. Uh, like the McGinn comparisons, he was like, oh, actually reminds me more of McGeeock. How? McGeeock, you always knew McGeeock was playing because he had the ball for like 70 minutes. Yeah. McMallon, you never see him. Until he shoots. Yeah, he, he still, gets a free kick. It doesn't matter for he still scores the life at me anytime he winds back to shoot, even or uh, takes a set piece. Mm-hmm. But that's like, it was like the derby. Like for 35 minutes, I didn't even know he was playing. And in the last 15 minutes, I spent the time shooting myself every time he got the ball. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Dropping the championship now, Dunfermline. Oh, they've got a new manager. What have they done? It's it's, <laughs> it's not really the manager. It's uh, in the piece of it's, it's uh, Stevie Crawford is now the manager, and he's been supported by Greg Shields. Yes. But it also mentions at the bottom of it, um, Dunfermline are also pleased to announce that Jackie McNamara will be taking on a sports consultancy role with the club. And it's, it reeks of utter shite, and I, for one, welcome it because <laughs> and it's only it's, it, I seen that there was a comment on Pine Bubble that. It was, this is either going to go. It's either going to turn out to be absolutely fantastic or be an absolute disaster. Take out the first option. There's no chance this is going to be. Uh, this is going to be an inspired choice. It's going to be a disaster. Uh, we might be reading too much into McNamara and his consultancy role. Well, apparently he was given Neil McCann some of the suggestions for Dundee signings. Well, Steve Crawford Ma- doesn't have to listen to him. No. <laughs> but <laughs> can you imagine some of the people that are going to rock up? Um, Alex Hallis, Aidan Connolly. Oh, he's already there. Aidan Connolly's already there. It's I, I think the last two clubs McNamara's been involved in, he's widely hated. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, are York still a club anymore? <laughs> does, this, does this fall to pieces? National League. Can't remember if it's National League North or National League. <laughs> Dundee uh, will sign a player for them soon, so we'll, we'll find out. I, I personally. I don't really mind the Crawford hiring uh, as the kind of no, head. No. Um, he's had, I actually completely forgot that he had a, a managerial role in the past. He was manager at East yeah. Fife. He didn't do particularly well. Although I think it was, he just finished playing, in fact, I think he was player manager. Um, and he wasn't a complete disaster. He was just kind of middling and crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then was East Fife for like, oh, we can get somebody better. I, I like it because you often don't see it well you do see it to an extent Scottish football when I mean, somebody does poorly in their first job especially if it's just a player that's just kind of retired that's usually it for them mm-hmm. and you don't really see them again 
But Crawford worked in football since then. He's been assistant manager for Hart, assistant manager at MK Dons, been on the coaching staff at Dunfermline. And I'm sure he's picked up a lot of knowledge since then, a lot learned that he could take in this job that he wouldn't have known before. So I think he could kind of write that off. So at least he has, he's got kind of, you can look at it and say, you can look at the negatives, but if you're looking at the positives, you could say he's kind of got the best of both worlds, that he's got previous experience of management, he's been, in, he's had to command dressing rooms, but he's also got the experience of a coach. And he can, during that time, he's had a lot of time to look back and kind of learn from what went wrong at his first spell. And... I thought it was just a bit different as well, <laughs> just from a personal point of view, just like that it's, um, and a fellow fan uh, followed and said like, yeah, it's happy with that rather than just kind of coaching carousel, go for yeah. something a wee bit different. Uh, the setup doesn't sound too bad other than the McNamara part. <laughs> I did pick somebody else's as kids just screams off. But I thought I read that uh, Crawford's been a first team coach at Dunfermline. Yes, he has. Um, so I just wonder if, you know, that's not too much... But it wasn't. Yeah, it really wasn't assistant. Uh, that was Sandy Clark. So, mm-hmm. um, but so we should talk- at least he knows the players, so he's got that knowledge. He doesn't need to build that up. He can just go right in. But we should talk about the spies. The, the spies. <laughs> well, supporters did despise him. Uh, the demise of AJ. I, did, I didn't realise he was there. He had been there for so long. So it's not a case of he's, he wasn't given time or uh, patience or a chance. He was there for three, three and a half seasons. Uh, he I was threatened with the sack at Christmas and every single one <laughs> yeah. of them. He, Dunfermline maybe didn't scoosh League One, but they certainly um, they did what they did what they was expected of them. And I think that's the crux of Johnson is that his best spells have come in as a manager of a full time team in League One, where he's up against a lot of part time teams. So when it's a level playing field, he's not really been, and he's had that uh, that challenge. He's not succeeded. Gary, you could have stumbled on a, a good point there when you said that he's been under pressure to be sacked every Christmas. He's just been there since, you know, obviously after the promotion season. And I think that's played a part in this, because if you looked at it, you'd say, well, maybe this is a bit harsh, because, you know, he gets him promoted, they then finish fifth in his first season of the Championship, and then finish fourth the next season. So far this season, not great. They're seventh, not playing well, but they're not in any danger of going down, really. They're eight points ahead of... Uh, who's in second bottom now? Falkirk. It's not Thistle. 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 Thistle yeah. point. The eight, yeah, eight yeah. points ahead of Thistle. So you can you can kind of look at it on paper and say that's that's a wee bit harsh. But like you say, they've always had these kind of peaks and troughs under him. And I think this is the season where the board have looked at it and said, you don't look like you're going to pull us out of it this time. Now you could say that you could give him more time and whatever, but I think there's just a number of things this year that haven't looked good. He signed what looked reasonably well in the summer. But a lot of those players hasn't worked out. He doesn't really know how to get the best of them. They're wildly inconsistent, like ridiculously so. Uh, kind of proven by the weekend when they were 2-0 up on Aloha Easily, the better team in the first half, and then absolutely shit the bed in the second half and lose two goals to a part-time team at home. Um, it's been a really, the standard of football, very exciting to watch when he first arrived. It's just kind of petered away. And it just... It just seems a bit rudderless right now. And when you get to that, it's hard to be a chairman and then go, yeah, he's the right man to take me forward. And if you don't believe he is, you may as well get rid of him now. Because um, it is an easy decision for the board as well, because I'm pretty sure they gave him a new contract in the summer. He, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if it's a case of, oh, we don't know if he's a man to get us like out of it or lead us to safety. It was, I reckon it would be more of a case of he's not the man yeah, yeah, to, the, like, the, the one to, to, to take one, us to the next yeah, exactly. stage. Um, and he built the team. 
at the start of the season, I think he built the team to play three five two. He's just uh, the both Divine and Divine and uh, what other idiot came in, Mark Durnham. Uh, <laughs> and then he had left wing back was Lewis Longridge and it's not worked. No, um Jackson Longridge. Jackson Longridge, sorry. From Levy. And you, you look at it, Durnan, unsurprisingly, has not been very good, uh, and nor has Divine. Shockingly, and they, they, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, they the, brought they brought Ashcroft down to these, their level. These are players, aptitude. These are players that uh, for the championship have a good enough pedigree to be good. So I think that's on Johnson as well. I think that's more of a more of a. I'd say it's more forgiving for a manager, especially a manager who's been for a few years. If you sign a bunch of dud players, it's like right, I got it wrong that transfer market, but I'll rectify that. These guys will go. I'll bring in better guys. But I think these guys, I mean, Dunnan, he had his, obviously, his detractors at Dundee United, was a good defender at Queen of the South at this level. Mm-hmm. Danny, yeah, De- Danny Devine was a good defender. Danny Devine was a good defender at Inverness Cali at an above level. I mean, he was decent, he was passable. And Thistle yeah, fans didn't give you Thistle fans didn't hate him for a lot of his spell just towards the end, I think, when they hated everybody. Um, so you should be doing more. Louis Longridge looked very good at Motherwell last year. He's been poor this season. Um, no, he was at Falkirk last year. You said Motherwell. Did I say Motherwell? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he's never played for Motherwell. So. <laughs> uh, right, uh, <laughs> no, sorry. sorry last year, when he, when he moved to Falkirk, he was very good under Paul Hartley. So if you can do that, and Alan Johnson should be able to get something out of him. It's the fact that he hasn't. And uh, there's a few other players Yeah, as well. so, so now, now they've got Jackson Longridge's left-back. I don't think he is a left-back. And James Cregan as a right-back. But uh, so Jackson Longridge is a left-back. I thought it was more for I thought it was more for midfielder that nah. kind of got shifted into a left wing back position. No, nah, he's been a left back his entire career. Oh, oh well, no, well, he's been a left back as long as he's been at Livy and stuff. So he's been a left back for a while. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're aware there's two long ranges. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes hard to get the head round. And then Miles Sipley. I genuinely it's hard to get your head round the Vian brothers. <laughs> So what, you're, you're both male and you both share the same surname no, it's and like, parents? It's more the fact they're both mediocre footballers, they're brothers, and oh, they've they played for so many different clubs that it's easy to get get confused. Miles Hipplight, whoever did the highlight, whoever put together the highlights of the Aloha game, it was I think it was almost subtly hinting that they wanted to get rid of uh, Hippolyte because they saw there was one I think on four occasions they lost the ball well three occasions he lost the ball and um, a fourth occasion he put a free kick about six yards uh, sorry about 16 yards over the bar <laughs> he was absolutely dreck yeah, he's actually another one who decent pedigree at the championship level who's been really poor for Dunphy back to you as well he's not yeah, he was a surprised bit- he came back because there was apparently there was a fallout between um, or back to he left. Uh, not great circumstances with Johnston. The, he was still negotiating a contract, and in the last game of the season, that back to his family came to the last game. Uh, came to the last game of the season. He started on the bench, and Johnston didn't bring him on. Yeah, he clearly no, wasn't that- looking for a shot thirty yards over the crossbar <laughs> from distance. <laughs> yeah, at least at least Hepplets was only was only half that. <laughs> I get another thing that was critical of um, a criticism of Johnson, his predictability and inability to change when things weren't going uh, going to. I think Dunfermline had been quite easy to play against this season. If he, especially East End Park, if he sit kind of deep and tight and counter attack, they um, they struggle. And I think it was, was it last season? Who? Yeah, it was last season because they finished fourth and were knocked out in the 
championship playoffs by Dundee United, Premier League Premiership playoffs by Dundee United. That his answer to most things when they were uh, struggling was to put uh, forgot his name and vote up from. The lack of scorers has been a problem this season. You mentioned back to Andy Ryan's that scored Hippo. Who else have they got up front? Aidan Keener. Aidan Keener's the one that's been scored. Yeah. So that's, and even then, he's not been that prolific either. So, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on to referees. So there was an interesting story that came out in Monday, no, Tuesday's Daily Record. Uh, from Keith Jackson who'd been speaking to sources within the either within the walls of the SFA or refereeing uh, circles Senior refereeing fraternity Yes uh, saying that uh, John Beaton and Willie Collum were not happy that they were made to basically be scapegoats uh, for a couple of high profile incidents this season for Collum it was the Daniel Candace sending off where it had been released I think it was after Rangers done that statement because they went through the process. Rangers appealed it, which was basically just a, a call for attention because <laughs> they knew they could win it. It wasn't a case of mistaken identity. They just wanted to kind of make a show of it and say like we demand an answer, so we're going to get an answer. Uh, an answer didn't come right away when it was turned down. Rangers brought out their statement, and then it was like a week. I think it was a week later, if I'm remembering this right. The SFA. I think either leaked it to one of the papers or, or came out of themselves and said what it was is that Colum had seen Candace blow a kiss to Anton Ferdinand which instigated the thing and that's why both players were booked for kind of like unsporting behaviour and according to Keith Jackson Rangers released a statement after that as well Did they? I think there was two statements in relation to Willie Colum yeah. That doesn't sound like Rangers Glorious So yeah, according to Keith Jackson and his source they Willie Colum didn't see that and that was invented. But that, that, Le- Willicom just got it wrong in terms of he thought it was Candace and, and uh, Ferdinand six and one half a dozen the other, but watched it back and realised that wasn't the case. But it was it was strange that um, Columns came out and like was unhappy with that explanation, and then you have to wonder why then he sent him off. No, well, I think he just thought that the two players had come together, and he'd not. <laughs> so basically, so basically, Colum just basically admitting that he just guessed. Uh, they look like they've done something booking, booking. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, I'm not saying he's a great referee. No, <laughs> Willie Collum and uh, John Beaton have I mean, they've been hung, hung out to dry uh, for um, terrible decisions that they've made. <laughs> the Beaton one was that uh, obviously the the recent Old Firm game, Alfredo Morelos, the three incidents that you thought the compliance officer was look at. That it was then said it was leaked to the press that they couldn't look at them because. The referee had seen all incidents and was happy with his decision. Apparently, John Beaton had only been asked whether he had a good view of incidents, and he did. But there's a difference between having a good view and seeing everything when there's so much going on, especially in an old firm game. I think he thought he would get a chance to. Yes, to look at them, and he didn't. So, yeah, this whole system is a complete and utter farce. This season has been hilarious. (laughs) Just imagine what it's going to be like if Rangers win the league. I like, because, bear in mind that a lot of this I mean obviously the Morelos thing is different but the beaten thing which really really escalated and resulted in tell you, only, tell you what if that happens a Paul Larkin film about this season is going to be fucking superb oh yes it will be and on that topic you might want to listen to the Patreon uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah like, this is all just escalated Massively, and I think everybody's got a particular bugbear. I think um, we all know that uh, Graham Thulis, for example, has uh, all sorts of conspiracy theories about referees. They try to keep under wraps, but 
at the end of the day, it's yeah. Every just, basically every Motherwell game, he, he tries to act like he's not um, not bothered. He tries, not tries bothered. to act like he's not bothered, and he's not blaming the ref. But just like every, every Motherwell defeat, it's like it's always like it's always like more subtle as well. It's like so. What was that decision? That seemed pretty poor, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Craig Thompson again, is it? Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> tries to suppress it, but he can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious that it's just a case of incompetence is still too strong a word, but referees will make mistakes. And this is probably the first season in a while where the mistakes that are made can have a real bearing on the title race. Because up until now, for the last four or five seasons at least, um, you've seen that Celtic will eventually pull away from everybody. And even at this stage of the season, they've usually had enough of a cushion that if something happens, then they're not as bothered about it. But given the state that the league's in at the moment, that just seems to have lit the powder keg. Well, I think there's there's been huge incompetence from the, the very start, whether we're talking the SFA, mm. the compliance officer, or referees in general. The appeals panel as well. It's been the appeals panel yeah. has been ridiculous for about three seasons. So it's just there seems to be the, the need to streamline it. They need to get some sort of set guidelines for referees that are more that, that sorry that are less open to interpretation, like more strict than mm-hmm. the kind of general rules. Like this is what could constitute think- a, a overturned red card. This is what could constitute. Um, you know, a retrospective action kind of thing, and, and just have it so that if you have to use, preferably use the same people, because then you'll cut out um, as as many kind of problems as well. And maybe have them in conversation with each other, so the appeals panel and the compliance officer don't seem to have completely different interpretations of the rules of football. Uh, just just do something. <laughs> this is rubbish. Yeah, that, funny but rubbish. It's it's, it's been great. It's, there's there's. It's been hilarious, but there's been so many decisions that beggar belief. And again, when it comes to refer- uh, refereeing, there's always one word that comes up above, above anything else, and it's that, that's cons- consistency. It's just not been there this season, whether it's been um, in- manager- managerial comments, seen Levine being handed a, a-, a one game ban for saying it was like but Rangers are like, playing against 12 or 13 men. Mm-hmm. Lennon had said the exact same thing, um, missed it. Stephen Gerrard in his first uh, first league game afterwards said that there was uh, like decisions have been going against Rangers. Yeah, there's um, an agenda. I basically, guess, yeah. just for, for for years, and I think that was the worst of, of them all. Was he's he's just he's pretty much hinting at corruption, which uh, which if he was if he was trying to troll Celtic fans, it would have been a fantastic move early on in his career. <laughs> he's probably been sending the link to a certain documentary several times <laughs> over. <laughs> but I mean, the. The big thing um, that they could do is get a guideline on kicking, because that that seems to have been the the, the big issue uh, since the start of the season. From Morelos's kick to Naismith stamp to McGregor having a wee dig at um, Ayer to Morelos's three, <laughs> is it three in the the, the old um, One quote unquote stamp, one kick out, one punch in the balls. Was it? Yeah, there was a wee uh, flick. flick. Yeah. But I think another uh, issue is that. For the past couple of seasons, we've had the same referees, and I think familiarity breeds contempt. Because you basically got, you know, you'll have Colum, Clancy, Thompson, Beaton, Madden, and maybe Don Robertson, occasionally Nick Walsh. I think it's Ewan Ross, another referee. So Ewan got, Norris, isn't it? Nah, Ewan Norris has not been around. Was it not? not so been, you've got. Not been seen since he gave Hearts that last minute penalty in the league, uh, Scottish Cup semi final against Celtic. 
So you've got basically... Which was the correct decision. Yeah. You've got seven, ref- seven or eight referees who tend to... Well, not share the six, but you know, six of those referees will be refereeing the Premiership they, at any one time. They, there's, there's the argument that uh, like are our referees uh, worse now than before because... If you go back to... Um, if you listen to Paul Larkin, or you go back years and listen, uh, listen to older fans, and I certainly know, uh, speaking to fans of lower leagues, that referees have been utter shite for for years, especially uh, lower leagues. Again, it's just been yeah, Andrew uh, Dallas as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's just taken it to a whole new level. Again, social media and the amount of coverage is always going to kind of intensify how how bad referees have been. But this season, they have been fucking shocking. And manager, I don't think that Peter Heron penalty is still uh, <laughs> it's still, still working. And the, and the offside from uh, the non-offside from Morelos. I mean, clubs manage like the clubs manager pundits haven't helped themselves. I mean, going on to the amount of abuse referees have been getting have not been helping themselves with word choice and constant uh, constantly panning referees. Celtic and Rangers releasing pitiful statements with Rangers going on about underlying issues where Willie Cole both Levine and Lennon saying we're playing against 12 yeah. or 13 men and from, from a fan aspect so there is definitely a lack of respect for referees um, in the country and it, it drops down to, to grass, uh, grassroots level my mate's the manager of, uh, of a team and uh, his attitude towards referees is absolutely embarrassing he's, <laughs> I mean, he's, in the last couple of years he's had about 4 or 5 uh, bands <laughs> But as a fan, especially at Tynecastle, I love the pantomime aspect of the referees just getting hounded. Oh, it's, it's hilarious when when a referee gives a decision, a big decision, and then after that, literally every single blow of the whistle is treated with ah, even if it's the most <laughs> stonewall foul ever. And it, sometimes the best atmosphere at Tynecastle is when Willie Collins gave a shock, uh, well, what, what fans perceive to be a shocking decision, in like this, this six minute. So the, the next eighty four minutes, <laughs> they just fans were mentally like Willie Collins, and it's like the, loud, the loudest Tynecastle has been in years. And if you watch back like Dundee Livy when Bobby Madden gave some decision against Dundee people were furious about it and he was getting the choo 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 chanted at him and then every decision he gave for Dundee for the next like 10-15 minutes was greeted with Whoa, like, <laughs> massive sarcastic cheer. you don't want that taken out of the game no that's worse it's, yeah so let's just <laughs> like, more police protection for referees let's just, <laughs> just keep everything as it is <laughs> Well, I back that. I'm not sure that's the most sensible <laughs> way to treat it. Give referees their own bodyguards. That's the solution. Give them guns. Just give them guns. Just referees. Only referees. I mean, if they give them guns, they'll just um, they'll end up just taking out the 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 maniacs. What? So you don't want them to? No. If you give referees, yeah, guns, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. People will come after yeah. them in public. Bang. Done. One less <laughs> maniac in the in the squad. Right, I think we've had other things we're going to talk about. I think we'll have to leave it there. So, thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to hear more, make sure to check out the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast, where we've already said what we're going to talk about this time. It's a, it's a glorious, a glorious one hour and two minutes of... Uh, anyone but Celtic. Anyone but Celtic. I thought someone had dropped acid in Smith dinner last night. <laughs> wow. Before we... Uh, just to give you a teaser, the... The documentary, which is available on YouTube, starts with um, G- a JFK uh, speech about secrecy. Of course, there's only one team um, that that can can be set up for a documentary, and it's Celtic. 
Mason. <laughs> Bra. <laughs> oh. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.